Welcome to the Travel Pulse Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Bowman, the executive editor of TravelPulse.com. Today is Tuesday, February 23rd. Happy Travel Tuesday, folks. Coming up on the show today, as we always do, we'll talk about what is trending in the world of travel, which includes a scary moment in the sky on a United flight, as we'll also dive into the latest news in the cruise industry with our special guest. But first, I have to make a quick mention of some news that was more political, not so much travel. It was trending in the news cycle last week, the Ted Cruz Cancun flight situation. No, this is not a political podcast, so I'm not going to touch on the politics of all that mess. Uh, But looking at it from a travel standpoint, I had a couple takeaways. Uh, One, United came out and said it's investigating how Cruz's return flight home info was leaked. Uh, It's pretty wild how quickly his flight info was leaked in the first place, though. Whether or not anything comes from that remains to be seen, but someone at United leaked the info and a host of reporters were waiting for Cruz when he landed home. United issued a statement and said, it's against United's policies to share information about our customers and we are investigating the incident. Uh, good, good for them, you know, uh, but tens of thousands of United employees have access to customer flight data to help serve their customers. Uh, leaks about individual travelers' flight plans are pretty rare in the industry, so a uh, tall task for them to do that, but you know, good for them for diving in and, and making that statement and coming out with it. My second takeaway, what a boost of free press this was for travel to Cancun. You know, it wasn't just cold and snowy in Texas this past week, but travel to Cancun was in national headlines were there for a couple of days, which no doubt how people thinking about booking a future trip. So to my travel advisor listeners, did you get any new inquiries about traveling to Cancun last week? Uh, podcast at travelpulse.com is the email. Would love to hear your thoughts there. And now joining me on the podcast is Ken Height. Ken is a travel industry expert affiliated with Frosch International Travel and the owner-president of Luxury Cruise and Tour Incorporated. He maintains the online travel website LuxuryCruiseAndTour.com and has attained numerous sales honors and awards throughout his career. Welcome to the show, Ken. Oh, thank you, Eric. Good to be here. Awesome. Yeah, so we're going to talk cruising and get Ken's thoughts on the state of the industry, possible vaccine mandates, and, and more coming up. But before we get into cruising, I want to touch on a few other subjects here on what has been trending in the world of travel. You know, this happened this the past weekend. It was pretty crazy. And then the news came out on Monday that United is grounding its Boeing 777 fleet after engine failure. This is uh, based on the one flight and debris landed in a Denver suburb. The engine was on fire. The video is wild. If you haven't seen it, highly recommend you check that out if that's something you're interested in. But major, major shout out to the pilots of United Flight 328 for safely landing the plane in such a scary situation. So, Ken, are you surprised or not surprised that many people got back on the replacement flight? Um, you know, I've been through something like that myself. Uh, back in the day, I took a flight, uh, a very unusual flight from Easter Island going over to Pape, to Tahiti, and the plane engine caught on fire. So I know what that feels like. I have to tell you, it's the most frightening thing in the world. But again, flying is probably the safest form of travel you can take. It's actually probably safer than driving. So I'm not surprised that people were willing to fly, you know, back home. And, uh, you know, it's definitely a scary time. But, um, you know, I think that flying will eventually, you know, fix that problem with those fan blades and, you uh, you know, their record has been stellar, you know, up to this point. Right. Yeah. One of the people on, on the plane said that they didn't hesitate to get back on, um, that the odds were in their favor this time around. So I would agree with that. <laughs> yeah. Based upon how many um, accidents and everything that's happened on planes. Uh, in other airline news, um, IATA said that their digital airline pass will be ready within weeks. So that's that's good there. That should be coming out in sometime in March, as we've heard. Um, it sounds like they're getting closer on that. Hopefully that, you know, will help lift some of the restrictions or the quarantine stuff in place. 
um, which is good. And then also U.S. Airlines, this is pretty big news, uh, came out and uh, all agreed to provide contact tracing data to from international passengers arriving in, and uh, share that with the CDC. We've got Alaska, American, Delta, Hawaiian, JetBlue, Southwest, and United are all on board with this. Carriers will ask customers to voluntarily provide critical elements to help support local public health authorities conducting contact tracing, including their legal name, two phone numbers, an email address, and the address of where travelers will be staying in the United States. So the, to me, this is just another factor at play for why it's so important to work with a travel advisor. If you didn't know that going in, you might be caught off guard um, if you do plan to travel internationally right now. So, you know, uh, knowing about this in advance and not being caught off guard thanks to working with a travel advisor is key. Wouldn't you agree, Ken? Uh, yes, it's uh, definitely a step in the right direction. But uh, I think contract uh, tracing is a, is a huge task to undertake. I like the idea of it. But the logistics seem very tough. I hope that uh, all the passengers would cooperate and give correct and accurate information, and this will help control, you know, COVID-19 uh, from people who are coming into the U.S. on international flights. Um, but I wish them well. It's uh, it seems like a, a very, you know, big job though. Yeah, big undertaking, and, and right. Hopefully, people will cooperate on that on because that is key cooperation is key for that. But as we know, time and time again, there are a lot of naughty passengers out there. So, um, yeah, but, you know, there are some good signs for the industry right now. TSA uh, is looking to hire 6,000 more security personnel by the summer, which is awesome. And older Americans who have already received the vaccine are already up and planning to travel soon and making bookings. So um, love that there. A new study they found that 65 uh, travelers 65 years and older who received both doses are already ready to hit the spring, uh, hit the road again this spring, excuse me. So, uh, your thoughts there, Ken? Any other good signs from the travel industry that you've seen recently? Uh, I would say that, you know, in talking to my clients who are generally uh, older demographic, and uh, many of them have received their second shot at this point, and they're really looking forward to getting out there and traveling again. You know, the, um, the good news is that um, passenger numbers of uh, people flying are up significantly, and COVID uh positivity is down significantly. So that seems to be a good step in the right direction that um, more people are flying and less people are getting ill. And it seems like, um, you know, flying is really not a, a contact point for people to catch coronavirus with all the safety measures the airlines have been taking. It seems to be working really well. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Big props to the airlines on that and, and big props to Delta for continuing to block middle seats there. Now let's, uh, that, that's what was trending in the, the airline world. Now let's get to what the show is about and what Ken's specialty is about. All right. So cruise news, cruise ships have been seen docking in Florida and that got our hopes up. Uh, unfortunately, they actually weren't for passengers. They were just getting supplies. So I know a lot of people heard from different people um, on our Facebook page that was hoping to, you know, that, that might be the, the key, the beginning of test cruises might happen, um, but we're still kind of waiting um, for, for any of that stuff to happen. Royal Caribbean did come out and they reported a net loss of $5.8 billion. They're, executives on their earnings calls. Uh, they gave no new update on their return to cruising, but they did say their level of optimism is increasing. And and on the test voyages, uh, the guidance from the CDC could come any day now, which is which is great. We, we need those to get back in the water, uh, to the test voyages to get started, so then we can get passengers back in the water. Royal Caribbean did say they had over 250,000 people sign up as volunteers for the test voyages, which is amazing. Uh, for Carnival, their CEO, Arnold Donnell, is optimistic that, quote, most, if not all, of our fleet will be in action by the end of the year. So that's some good news there out of, out of Carnival. Um, he, and, and for Norwegian, um, as we said on uh, last week's podcast, uh, Norwegian has already pushed back cancellations through May. 
And Port Canaveral's prediction for the worst case scenario was a July return for cruising. So my question to you, Ken, when do you think ocean cruising will return for U.S. travelers? Well, it's um, certainly looking a lot brighter. You know, the um, remarks by Royal Caribbean were encouraging. Uh, the CDC seems to be ready at any day now to um, take the reins off and let these test cruises begin. Um, my best guess, I believe, is probably by the end of the summer, we'll see those test cruises. And uh, if things prove to be safe and operational in a, you know, in a, in a, in a good manner where people feel comfortable, I think uh, we should see really good improvement by the end of this year. But uh, we need a, a little period of, you know, kind of show and tell for things to come back, you know, to a, a profitable level for the cruise lines and um, to make people feel more comfortable to book. Uh, closer in. I mean, the good news is that we've seen a lot of increase in 2021 bookings over the past few weeks. Um, Earlier in the year, that wasn't the case. Pretty much everyone was pushing things back to 2022 and 23. But I think with all the good news on the vaccine front and the cases front, people are optimistic to try to go, you know, in 2021, maybe last quarter uh, and first quarter of 2022, which is a positive trend. Yes, that is good to hear. Um, love hearing that 21 bookings are up. And I know things have, a lot of people in the industry have said good things about 2022 as well. So that's what some of the major cruise lines there were, were seeing uh, positivity out of that. Um, I did get one um, email last week um, as I teased the cruise stuff. Um, this from a podcast listener named Tom emailed and wrote in that, um, quote, it's absolutely time for our industry as a whole to stop with the platitudes of we will be back. And they need to start pushing back against the absolute draconian restrictions, bans, and unrealistic, unattainable regulations. It's long past due for cruising to return and people in the leadership positions to push back against all of that. Um, that, that includes Richard Fain and Frank Del Rio, end quote. So this is a little similar to what I've heard from some other cruise travel advisors too. So Ken, I wanted to get your thoughts on that. Well, I mean, that's been the mantra for the cruise industry since uh, a year ago. You know, we will be back. It's, uh, it's certainly um, the way we feel. Now we just have to uh, put it into action. You know, the um, problem that we had over the past year or so was that uh, with all these cancellations and rebooking, um, you know, most people were opting towards refunds and not rebooking, but that trend seems to be reversing now where we're getting, you know, less refunds and more future cruise credits or more, you know, actual bookings coming out. So, um I think that uh, overall I'm optimistic in seeing that, um, you know, things are really picked up on the booking front and that people will come back stronger than ever. But uh, we just need that test period to um, get the ships in the water and get things moving, basically. Definitely. And big news around cruising right now is vaccine and possible vaccine mandates. We do know that couple cruise lines are going to be mandating for that there for the crew. And we also know that some cruise lines have already come out and said that passengers will be required to have that. Uh, last week, the latest was uh, Crystal Cruises. They became the latest cruise line to require passengers to be vaccinated before boarding. Uh, so, Ken, what are you hearing from your clients regarding possible vaccine requirements to board? Do you think it might become an industry-wide mandate? Should it? Uh, why or why not? Well, it's really a, a tough issue because for Luxury lines like Crystal Cruises that have ships of uh, maximum 800 to 1,000 passengers um, and generally an older demographic, they can put out such a mandate and maybe be profitable in, their, in that environment with their particular business model. 
for companies like Royal Caribbean and Norwegian and uh, um, Carnival, you know, to sell three, four thousand passenger ships and having everyone be vaccinated is a really tough uh, job to try to uh, coordinate. And, you know, I think that um, they may do that with the test cruises, but uh, and it's going to be difficult to get a large majority of a younger demographic vaccinated till probably the end of summer. And uh, the cruise lines kind of want to get started even before that. So I like the idea of it and people are, you know, willing to accept the fact that it's going to be safer if everyone is vaccinated on a cruise. But um, I do have a number of passengers who are uh, a little scared of vaccines still and also have health issues where they're, you know, reluctant to take a vaccine. Uh, so actually some of my best clients uh, are, you know, having those doubts and uh, that's going to be a big loss for for me to lose those clients who won't cruise, uh, you know, in the condition where they're mandated to have a vaccine. So uh, what I'm hoping is that the cruise lines will come up with some type of a um, waiver situation, if possible, where people have health issues. They may um, let them, you know, have a note from a doctor or something saying that they can um, get tested maybe in, in, instead of a vaccine or maybe tested every day or some type of an arrangement where they'll be able to cruise without a vaccine. But uh, it is um, certainly something that, um, you know, will help in general, keep the caseload down. Absolutely. Yeah. I do hope that there is kind of a, uh, a waiver option uh, if they do decide to mandate for everything, because like you said, some people are going to have issues with that and they can get clearance from a doctor and then, you know, make sure that they are tested because I've, I've been saying on this podcast for a while now that that testing is key. So I think if you can do that, that could open it up to uh, more people being interested uh, if there is a vaccine mandate. Uh, the major ocean lines haven't made it a mandate, but um, we do know that Norwegian and Royal Caribbean are going to make their crew get the vaccine. But to me, it does feel like there's a little bit of pressure on the big three brands to mandate that um, mandate the vaccine for um, passenger requirements. But uh, remains to be seen uh, what what they'll do moving forward on that. Uh, I did get some listener feedback um, on this uh, when I posed the question up on Twitter. Uh, Travel advisor John and listener of the podcast responded to me on Twitter, and he said. I think from a liability exposure standpoint, we're going to see it required. I can't see legal teams signing off on opening themselves up for lawsuits if someone catches COVID on a ship. And uh, Mr. Travel Agent on Twitter commented back at me and said that he thinks it's likely it will boost client confidence knowing everyone on the ship has been vaccinated, which in turn may allow the mask requirement to be done away with, at least on board. Excursions are a whole other thing. So uh, any thoughts to those comments, Ken? Uh, Yes, the... um you know, another issue that I have with many clients is uh, the, the prospect of having to be on a cruise ship and wearing a mask and social distancing and, you know, not being able to enjoy all the social activities that come with a cruise. Um, I'm not sure that vaccines will replace that environment that they're going to have, at least in the beginning. But um, I believe that, um, you know, eventually... Uh, with the vaccines being put out enough vaccines in the in the in the country and around the world, you know that'll change uh, the cruise line's perception of how safe cruising will be. With uh, you know lowering the percentages of possible you know serious illness, the I think the big issue for cruise lines is to not repeat what happened with uh, the Princess ships last year, where you know a number of people died from catching COVID on those cruises and. Um, uh, that's something that potentially would be a disaster now if that happened again. So 
you know, with the vaccine and with these uh, measures in place, the odds come way, way down. But, you know, I think what you've mentioned about the liability, the vaccine is still only 95% effective. So there is that 5%, um, you know, liability factor that's out there. And the, the cruise lines may have people sign some, some sort of a release or a waiver to release them of liability. You know, that'll... Um, some people may object to that because there's, um, you know, I think uh, too much legalese involved with the vacation doesn't mix well together. So we'll have to see how that plays out. Absolutely. Yeah, that was my thought too. That'd be really interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, listeners, podcast at travelpulse.com is our the best way to reach out. I'd love to know your thoughts on the whole vaccine and cruising stuff. Uh, I've had a lot of feedback on that already from Lee, from some of you, but um, if you haven't weighed in, you know, let me know what your clients are thinking for travel advisors. If you're a regular traveler, let me know too. Uh, another aspect of cruising that doesn't get talked about a whole lot, but we're going to dive into it now with Ken, and I'm going to get Ken's thought, is river cruising. It is actually just around the corner. American Queen Steamboat Company is gearing up for a March 15th relaunch. So Ken, uh, do you think more cruises might opt, uh, more cruisers, excuse me, might opt for U.S. Uh, river cruising in this year or in the future, or do you think they're going to be just holding out uh, until they can cruise to like more tropical locations? Well, yes. I mean, a lot of clients of mine like the idea of close to home river cruises, you know, the new, um, well, the American uh, Cruise Line, uh, Mississippi Queen, cruises like that have definitely picked up on in popularity. Um, I think Viking coming out with these new builds that are going to cruise the, the uh, Great Lakes in uh, upper Mississippi and really put a lot of spotlight onto the river cruise industry. Um, I, I don't know if the... Um, you know, the market will overcome, of course, the ocean cruise uh, sector's popularity, but um, it's certainly a good product in today's environment, having a cruise ship with or a boat with only 100 or 150 passengers versus thousands of passengers. So um, the idea for people is good. It seems safe, and they're going to also be taking measures to, um, you know, probably have everyone vaccinated on a river cruise um, seems like a, a, a much more feasible idea than on a large uh, ocean cruise ship. Um, but to me, a lot of my clients have said that, you know, they, they booked U.S. river cruises, but they kind of had the caveat in there that the booking is really, you know, a temporary placement of uh, a plan that they may do if conditions around the world uh, don't improve. Um, we may see some move off if Europe opens up and, you know, things get a lot better in the, the Europe um, travel environment that people may opt out of some of these USA river cruises and, you know, head back to Europe, which has always been, you know, the hotbed and, you know, re really a lot more interesting and exciting and I think higher end, um, you know, uh, river cruise business um, that uh, there's a lot more to um more options for people in Europe. So we'll have to see where, you know, people want to put their, um, you know, stick with which vacation they end up with. If the, the environment in the U.S. doesn't improve with the cases of COVID here and the hospitalizations and the deaths, I, I, I'm a little concerned about the USA river cruise market, but um, uh, we'll just have to see, you know, if the trend continues positive, that should help them. That's interesting about uh, holding out and, and potentially, you know, just waiting for, for Europe and then making a switch or something. I know uh, obviously Europe is river cruising is, is more enticing for, for some. It's a river cruising is, is slower and it, it is usually more about the, the destinations where you can get off and explore. So that is a bit tricky. I know with American Queen, they are mandating a vaccine starting in July. 
Uh, for right now, just for the first launch, they'll be doing um, just testing and everything, and you'll get tested before you board on the ship right there rapidly. I'll actually be on um, their launch uh, for their new ship, American Countess, uh, a month from yeah, a month from now, uh, which will be pretty exciting to uh, experience. So looking forward to that. But um, yeah, if listeners out there, you know, drop us, drop me an email if you have any thoughts on river cruising, you know, versus ocean cruising as well. So um, this, this will actually be, be my first uh, U.S. river cruise experience. So I'm looking forward to that. I have done. Uh, the Nile River uh, cruise, which was a lot of fun. So, in you know, it, it is kind of about those where you stop and get off and what you can explore. And and the current situation that we're in now is makes it a bit challenging um, to to what you can do once you get off the boat. And and that'll be interesting to see how Europe handles that too once they do eventually open up. Because you know we'll we'll get there. It's tough right now, but we will get there. So, one last uh, cruise topic here. I want to get your opinion on. Ken is uh, was uh, the story resulted in quite some discussion on Facebook for us. The this tech company TraceSafe is developing contact tracing wearable devices for cruise ships. Uh, some are against it. Uh, one person said it was uh, fantastic. They were they were totally for it. Uh, another one, others were were very doubtful. One said that it's doubtful that they will ever set on foot cruise. Uh, excuse me. One said it's doubtful they will ever set foot on a cruise ship again because of this. And another one said that uh, Big Brother is watching. So. Uh, what are, what's your thoughts about this, Ken, as far as wearing um, contact tracing devices while they're on, on ship and everything? Uh, you know, for me, the vast majority of my clients uh, uh, seem to not have a problem with wearing a device or, you know, trying to keep things under control. Uh, you know, I think if they really want to be careful, they should turn off their Google uh, on their phone. They'd probably get tracked more <laughs> carefully with that than they would on a device on a cruise ship. Yeah, right. <laughs> but... Um, you know, the, the main issue that I'm getting is uh, how there is a limit to what people can do getting on an office ship and whether they want to be on, a, you know, if they're able to be on their own or have to go on shore on a, um, you know, a group shore excursion. Um, you know, being out on your own, I could see the, the contact tracing and wearing a device kind of being a good idea for the cruise lines to keep track of where people were and what they did if they wandered off. And I mean, I don't think the cruise lines are going to, you know, share that information with anybody or put it out there for, you know, any type of big brother, you know, uh, observation. But nowadays you never know who could hack into a, a cruise ship, um, um, you know, computer network and get all your information from your device. So there's a little bit of that paranoia out there, but uh, overall, people pretty much are willing to cooperate to make cruising safe and uh, make it happen again. Definitely, yeah. It does get into the kind of the privacy issues and concerns for for some people out there. But you know, there's so much pent up demand to just get out and explore and go. And there are so many passionate cruisers out there that really want to get out and go. And I just think it's still amazing that you know Royal Caribbean said that over 250,000 people signed up for their test cruises. So you know, hopefully we can get those test cruises going pretty soon, you know? Yep. Just uh, hopefully that uh, they're not requiring vaccinated people for that, are they? It's going to be just uh, a random group. Did you hear about the test cruises? Uh, no, they haven't come out with any additional further details. But, yeah, I think it would just be testing up front um, because mm-hmm. – uh, for the for the main big ocean liners, yeah, it does seem um, they're they're waiting on additional guidance from the CDC. The Royal Caribbean said that could come any day now, so maybe the CDC would make that a mandate, and then the cruise lines would be forced to put that in. I don't know. I think that's a tricky situation. I think uh, to get these test voyages going, I think they would just need to just focus on 
you take a test before you board and it's obviously going to be very, very limited amount of people who are on board that ship, but hopefully it's a, a number of travel advisors too, because they, they are important to uh, cruise companies and can get out there and experience that. Yeah. Well, I'm a perfect subject. I've had both vaccines and I'm a travel advisor. So sign me up. I'm ready. Absolutely. I'm right there with you, Ken. I have not had the vaccine yet. I'm not uh, in any of the early stages to get that. Although I have heard like some media people were given options for it, but uh, I don't think they should have taken that unless they like, I guess it depends on their situation. So I won't dive too much into that, but uh, myself, no, I, I, I will wait until it's my turn later in the year and, and get that. Um, it, yeah, I would, I would love to go on the test cruises too. I don't know if they would let media on, but I'm, I'm on board. Any, any, any cruise suppliers listening to this, I would love to go on and take some video and be able to report about that situation. Just like I know so many travel advisors would be able to, would love to get on and, and report that to their clients and to showcase that, Hey, cruising, cruising is safe. You know, we, we can do this. We've it's, yeah. it's I mean, I, I would see, I could see many of my clients reaching out to me if I put it out there, like on my uh, company Facebook page, or I do an email blast to my clients and say, Hey, I'm going on this cruise next month. Uh, you know, check in with me for my report, my uh, suggestions and, I think it's a good way to just spread the word you know, if the cruise lines are listening. Absolutely. That pretty much wraps up what is trending in the world of travel this week. Um, Ken, any final closing thoughts on the cruise industry at large here? Um, Eric, the only thing that I, you know, I, I kind of see happening is that because people have not traveled really for the past year and a half, um, people are really ready to spend that money. I mean, I, again, I have a clientele that tends to be an older demographic that, are somewhat running out of time in their lives and they're, they're really wanting to enjoy the golden years of their life and the money is sitting there, you know, in their bank and they're looking to spend it. So what I've seen with a lot of these clients now is they're booking longer trips, they're booking um, better cabins or better rooms and hotels than they did in the past. And it's really a great sign to see that, you know, for the travel industry that when the, the, when things do come back, they're going to come back stronger and better. And I think people are going to be really spending more than, than normal. So the recovery, you know, should be quicker than, than expected. Uh, you know, I, I've lived through some of these, you know, things in the past, having lived through the, even back to the recession in the 1980s through the, uh, you know, 9-11 through the recession and, this one kind of really takes the cake, but I think that there's so much resiliency in the cruise industry that, you know, they'll find a way to adapt and to adjust and, you know, come back stronger than ever. Absolutely. Ken, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. I really appreciated it. Thank you. Thanks again to Ken for joining on today's show and battling through his laryngitis and still powering through. Hope you get better, man, and feel better soon there. So that's all we have on the podcast for this week you guys know the email reach out if you have any feedback if you'd like to be on the show and you're a travel advisor or travel supplier um, hit me up let me know what you can bring to the table um, with your thoughts and ideas and i'll uh, see if we can make something happen there so thanks for listening have a great week 